From Father Hall, Father Sietza, myself, and all of us at North American Martyrs, we wish you and your families a very Merry Christmas. And your first present was the full, unedited reading of the gospel at Christmas with all the names. I see Father Walmart, you could have, you know, skipped the names. There's a shorter form. I see it in my missalettes. Yes, I could have skipped them. But then what would I preach about, right? We're going to go through every one of those, right? We'll be here a while, but it'll be all right. Just got to get out for the six o'clock anyway. But the point, though, that I included that is because Jesus and this gospel are doing something that all of us are doing in these seasons. They're gathering all of their family together. When we read these names, it's not just faceless personages. It's, it's the family of God, the family that has been passed from generation to generation, sort of receiving a gift with each new generation, receiving that gift of God, that promise, and handing that present on, repackaging it. Uh, we love repackaged gifts, right, for Christmas. Already talking about that. Yes, you might get some under the tree, but they're repackaging that gift and handing it on to the next generation because they know that one generation will come where that present will finally be able to be opened. And today is that day. This generation that we live in, the generation of the church, is a generation that has been able to reopen that present and to see there a child, the child of Bethlehem, Jesus the Lord. Uh, reading these names, it reminds me a lot of my time as a child. Anytime we got together for a meal, uh, we would read the names of our family. And if you know me, you know that it's rather a long list. It goes something like, you know, we say, Bless us, O Lord, in these thy gifts, which you're about to receive from the bounty of the Christ, O Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for my very special dad, mom, Chris, Mary Beth, John, Paul, Anne, Stephen, Hannah, Nicole, Donna, Matthew, Joseph, Mary, Jesus, Nicholas, Isaac, Monica, Kim. Ah, yes. And even now we've added on the, the in-laws and the nieces and nephews, so it's very substantial now. Uh, but every time, right, it makes you think, I'm connected to all these people. All these people, we, we are one family. And I sort of thought of this mealtime prayer as almost the boyfriend test, right? When uh, ever any of my siblings would bring boyfriend or girlfriend home, uh, I would always look at them the first time being like, how are they going to react the first time we say the prayer, right? Because it just catches them off guard every time. And they kind of like, open their eyes and there's always like a, whoa, that was something at the end, right? It's sort of a test, right? How do they react to that? If they're like, whoa, I don't, these, these people are weird, big family weird. I'm just going to back out of all this. Okay, fine. You can go on your way. But, but I think a lot of times they almost embrace it. They're like, this person that, you know, I'm dating, they're so connected. They care so much about their family that they say their name at every meal. They remember them in their daily thoughts and prayers. Uh, they're connected. And I want to be connected to that. Or at least you'll have to ask my in-laws how it's been connected to us. But at least the idea is there. That if our names are included in this long list of names, uh, there's something special about that. To have your name written in heaven. Each and every one of these generations, they have their name forever remembered. How many other names in history from these time periods do we remember, right? And something even more special than that. You know, especially in Luke's gospel, we don't read that one today, but... He goes all the way back to Adam. You know what that means, brothers and sisters, is that in that list is one of your ancestors. In that list is one of your ancestors. Maybe it's very close, right, to the first man and woman, but they're there. We are a part of that same family tree as Jesus. He's inserted himself into that tree. 
And yet the sad reality is, the sad reality of Christmas even, is that that family has drifted apart. That parts of the branches have fallen, been cut off completely, that some of those roots have withered and faded. And it's very much like the situation in the genealogy. You read some of those names, and it wasn't the kind of family you wanted to be a part of sometimes. You know, especially when you get to those hard times of the exile. Uh, Any time that Rahab or Ruth, Bathsheba or Ruth are, 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 are mentioned, it's always one of the most trying times in Israel's history. And yet in each of those times, what happens? God inserted a woman into that story, and that woman would have a family, and that family would help save the day. That family would save the world. And so I think this is a good lesson of Christmas for all of us. No matter what we feel like is happening in our own family, no matter what has happened, no matter how much it seems like our family tree is withering up, shriveling, that Jesus can insert himself into that story. That God can send a Savior into all of our family situations because, again, we belong all to that family of Jesus, of that child in the manger. How do we insert ourselves? How do we come back when we've sort of walked away? I kind of think of St. Joseph, how it says that he was ready to divorce Mary quietly. You know, how many of our own family members sort of walked away from Jesus, from God, maybe not with a big statement or anything like that, but just sort of quietly letting themselves go, quietly divorcing themselves, separating themselves from family, from one another, and more importantly, from God. So how do we come back? How do we get back to Christmas? And I think that answer is is sort of, again, presented to us in these readings of of the church. One of the things that we don't think about is a lot of the Christmas readings are actually about marriage. That first one from Isaiah, how your builder will marry you. You will no longer be called forsaken. The Lord will delight in you. He will rejoice in your name sort of these marriage vows that God is giving to Israel that my love for you will never fail. Those same boyfriends that passed the test, the family test, they would often come back and at Christmas time would be the time, without doubt, they would propose. I warned Father Hall that we're going to get a lot more wedding preps after Christmas. They sort of come and come in waves, right? It's a beautiful time to make that ultimate expression of I want to give myself totally to you. It's a perfect time to make those family covenants. And so God, how does he seek to insert us back into his family? It's through, through this marriage. That's part of how we enter a family, right? Either by birth, by adoption, or through marriage, right? And the church has all three. Church who is this new birth of baptism, who are the adopted children of God, who is the bride of Christ. It's not just an ordinary marriage going on here when we look at that child in the manger. It's the marriage of heaven and earth. Jesus, who is fully God, becoming fully man, and the two natures being united in his one person, so God and man can never more be separated in him. And so to take part in this covenant, brothers and sisters, uh, to walk back, you know, however far we may have drifted or our loved ones have drifted, to know that we always have that chance and tender compassion of our God to come back into that covenant. Uh, We have good news here at North American Martyrs. We just received in this last week some new stained glass windows. You can't see them right now. They are in that little chapel behind the Holy Family Shrine. Did you know we had a chapel behind the Holy Family Shrine? We do. It's the Holy Family Chapel. And those 
Stained glass windows were chosen with a particular reason in mind. They are the stained glass windows of Joachim and Anne. They are the grandparents of Jesus. They are the parents of Mary. Saints, the grandparents saints of the church, you could say. It is Joseph and Mary and another one. So the parents, at least Joseph being the legal guardian of Jesus and Mary the mother of God, yes. So sort of the parent saints for the church. And then the third one is Jesus uh, saying, let the children come to me. The children coming to Jesus. It's sort of the children of the church. So all generations are sort of represented in that holy family shrine. And the idea is simple as this. is that in that chapel, we will be in the heart of the church, whereas it says Mary is reflecting on all these things and treasuring them in her heart. When you go into that chapel, you enter the heart of the church, and you are treasured. You get to hear those words with Jesus, your Lord, in that silence, in that peace, that he rejoices in you. He delights in you as part of his family. And that's going to be a remarkable thing. There's going to be more sort of renovation done to that to, again, make it that center of the home, that place where all people can find that treasure that God wants to give them individually, that individual gift of his presence, of his love, saying, I delight in you. It's going to be exciting, brothers and sisters. I'm looking forward to a new year here at North American Martyrs to growing closer to the Lord, to walking with him and with this family. Because really, uh, I could list off all of our names, right? We'd be here forever, but uh, that's how close we can be in Christ. That we would rejoice always in one another, that we also would have our names written in heaven, where the angels sing, where the star shines on Bethlehem. Uh, so to commit to the covenants of Christmas, uh, to do as Joseph does, to take Mary and Jesus into your homes, to have that place where you can treasure all these things in your own heart, in your own family. And family will save the world. That's really my final, I guess, reflection on all of this, uh, that God has inserted himself into our human family, onto our human tree, not because we were perfect, uh, but because he wanted to save us. And through the family is how he chose to come. Not as a king, not as a conqueror, but as a child in the family. Family will conquer the world. All generations have led up to, your, to you sitting in this church right now. And all generations afterwards will come from this moment. And so no matter, again, you can be the one that brings your family, your generation back in line with Jesus, with the family of God. And that's an amazing thing. And so giving this gift again from all generations, from the generations we received, giving it now to the generation to come. And we too will be a part of that family in eternal life. Family will save the world. Family is where Christmas is saved for us. So let's treasure family this Christmas and most of all the family of God that we belong to and celebrate now in this Christmas Eve.